fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. it's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. You know, I'm just chuckling here a little bit. I got, I, I got, uh, <laughs> I got some emails yesterday uh, about this. About when I got laughing, I couldn't stop laughing talking about all the different uh, Bible translations and all that stuff. And I, it, it calls me to do a reevaluation of my life. Do you guys think I? You guys think I suck dill pickles all day? I, I'm, I, I love, I love to laugh. I, I mean, you know, the guy you see here on the show. This is, it's not a, it's not fake. It's, it's who I am, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a happy go lucky guy. I'm, I'm one of the most optimistic people that you'll ever be around. Huh? I'm just telling you, I'm either up or getting up. I I don't, I don't live my life in doom and gloom. And that that doesn't mean, you know, again, as the old football coach that I don't evaluate the game films and see what's going on around us, but I evaluate game films because I'm thinking how we overcome. I, I don't, I don't evaluate the game film saying, oh, boy, we're screwed. <laughs> Man, we're never that. They're really good. We're never. I, no, I, that's, not, that's not how I live. I laugh a lot. Now, I did laugh quite a bit yesterday. But to me, it was just so comical, so funny as to, as to where we are, how we cling to our t- traditions. And by the way, Jesus said, you teach his commandments, the doctrines of men, making the word of God no effect. And that really is what religion is. It's what denominationalism is. That's what religion is. You go to somebody, you say, what religion are you? And you give them a denomination. We're Baptist, we're Lutheran, we're Episcopal, we're Presbyterian. And, and we don't even know what those, we don't even know what it means. We don't even understand what it means. And so again, the old football coach and me, I think, and how the, how in the, pardon, how in the H-E double hockey sticks am I going to pull this team together? How am I going to pull this team together? They don't even run. They don't even have the same playbook. That's what, that's what made me laugh so hard yesterday as I was reading that thing, because that really and truly is it. And I'm going to also tell you this. Most of you, that, oh, thank you, Lord. Boy, the Holy Spirit's been thick on me today. <laughs> uh, uh, boy, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your body a living sacrifice, only acceptable unto God, but which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your minds, what the Bible says, renewing. Renewing would be, could I, could I use, could I give you my modern version? Be ye not, tra- be ye transformed by the way you think. Be ye transformed by the way you think. So there has to be something really, really powerful about what? Strongholds in the mind. Has to be. Has to be. Everything that you do in your life, everything I do in my life, every action I take, every bite of food I take, everything I do always begins as a thought. Always does. You know, the old saying that you never, you don't even think about a pink elephant until somebody mentions pink elephant, and then you think about it. That's what advertising is all about, right? You don't really want a Big Mac till you see it on TV, commercial, and then you want a Big Mac, right? So evidently, there's something extremely, extremely powerful about our thought process and what we do. And Jesus said to take captive. Paul said, take captive every thought. Take captive because you get into a man's mind and you get into who he is. As a man thinketh in his heart, into his very depth and his very being of who he is, as a man thinketh in his very depth of his beings, so is he, so is he. And I see people, so let me ride on this horse a minute. I see people trying to to work up faith, trying to work it up, work it up. Maybe if I just believe hard enough. Well, if I just believe harder, if I just believe more, no, no, no. You just believe. You just 
believe. And most of the things that you do in your life, if you'll look around, you'll understand that almost everything you do is based on faith. Almost everything you do, you go out and you start your car. You don't pray when you go out that your car will start because you know when you go out and you turn that key, your car will start. You don't get up in the morning, in the middle of the night, and have to go to the bathroom and go in there and pray the lights are going to come on when you hit the switch. No, you know they're going to come on. Faith is a faith is the realization of a truth. That's all faith is. That's all it is. Not to well, you have to stir it up. The Bible says, stir it up, stir it up. Encourage yourself in the Lord. But faith isn't something you just, it's just kind of out there. I don't get up in the morning. I don't go to bed at night and wonder, golly, Lord, oh, I sure hope Michelle's alive in the morning. Are you kidding me? Why, why would I do that? I don't, I don't get up in the morning and say, oh, Lord, I hope when I get up in the morning, oh, Lord, I just pray that the grass is cut. Let us do it. What are you talking about? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. If you have faith, you don't need proof. Faith is proof. Faith is proof. There's so many things we teach in, in Christianity that just is just a, God help us. God help us. I want to dive into something today uh, off of this, this same same thing. I'm going to get Myra in here and let her, let her pray here in just a second. Because Glenn asked me a really good question before we went on the air. Such a good question. I said, Glenn, I'm not going to answer that right now. I'm going to, I want to do it live. Glenn, can you rephrase that question for me? Because i got so much stuff running through my head. Yeah, so, uh, so my question is, how do we characterize the meeting on the 5th yeah. of June uh, to a friend that we're planning on inviting? Okay, that, that, that is a great question. That's a great question. The, the event we're having here on... June 5th, we'd love for you to come locally, 6, six o'clock to 8 o'clock here at Sky High. And, uh, Glenn, I, let, let me kind of come around the back door on it, okay? It's kind of, uh, we have, we've got to stop the compartmentalizing of our faith. By the way, it's what, it's what the world has taught us to do, right? Uh, my faith, Christianity works here, but it doesn't really work here because it's not allowed to be applied here. And it works here, but it doesn't work here because it's really not a proper place for your faith. And so that's how we end up with tea parties and, and patriot meetings and all these people who are dancing around faith. They're dancing around it. There's sort of a little bit of little bit of Christianity, a little bit of faith is bumping up against them. But nobody really wants to come out and say, listen, the problem that we have in America is we've lost our Christian faith. We've lost the found Psalm 11, 3, I believe it is. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the truth of the matter is America will only be restored. It will not, hey, look, are you looking at me? It will not be restored through the Republican Party. It will not be restored through an independent party. It will not be restored. The only way that, that America will be restored is if my people are called by name, humble myself, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. If Christianity... The gospel of the kingdom of God is the only answer to this problem. Amen. So when you go to somebody and you say, hey, uh, hey why don't you come out there and see with us? Say, uh, uh, I guess I would say this, or maybe you guys can phrase it even better than me. I say, listen, I'm going to go to gather together with a bunch of Christians who believe that the gospel provides all the answer to the societal mess that we have. And we're going to do all we can to expand the gospel of the kingdom. We are bringing together, we're not bringing together political parties. We're not bringing together conservatives. We are bringing together Christians who were, like the Bereans, understood the times in which they lived and knew what it was that Israel needed to do. That's what it is, Glenn. It's a gathering of Christians that say, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Somebody has a better way to explain it than, than that. That's, that's what it is. Folks, we, we will not win. We will not win without Christianity. And I, I, dare, I dare some of you. I dare some of you. I don't know how to do this. My, my buddy Tom, Tom Gill is always telling me, listen, I'm stream of consciousness. Hey, bear with me. I'm telling you, it's all over me. You know what I'd like more than anything? You know I would love to do more than anything? I would love, I would love to be in a room with 500 pastors and dress them down and build them up. That's, that's, that's really what I would, I'd, I'd like to do that more than probably anything in my whole life. 
get 500 men of God in a room and show them where I believe they are missing the mark and then build them up to train up that army, even in a local community, 50 pastors. What if you could get 50 pastors together in a room and the multiplication of those 50 pastors impacting the people in the pew? You mean your community wouldn't change? Are you kidding me? It wouldn't change? And the Bible says that this gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 24, 14, the Holy Spirit put on me this morning, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world, and then the end shall come. And we don't preach a gospel of the kingdom, boys and girls. We don't preach a kingdom of God that is all-encompassing Every part of the world, we don't preach that. We don't preach that. Somewhere somewhere along the line, evil men have crept in unawares, and they've changed the gospel to love, 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 evacuate, 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 and as a result, everything gets worse, and we say, golly, everything's getting worse. Certainly the end's coming. Well, the end's coming because everything's getting worse. It's the old, whole, it's the old idea of, of uh, cause and effect. We're trying to live out what we think the Word says. We think the Word says we're about out of here. We live it out. And the Word also says, occupy till I come. Why don't we live that out? Have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Why don't we live that out? And I'll tell you why. Because it's messy. It's hard. People hate you. But it's only that gospel that will... That'll transform the world. Oh, it's so thick on me today. Amen. So we teach a personal gospel, and I thank God for the personal gospel. I thank God for the transformation in my life because of the kingdom of God. I, 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 every day, I'm so grateful. I, I remember what I used to be, and I'm not that anymore. And it was only because of a miracle that was done by the Holy Spirit that I'm not what I used to be. Amen, Coach. But I'm not what I used to be, not just because the Lord wants me to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I'm not what I'm used to be because why? We're supposed, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world. That's what we're supposed, we don't even know what the gospel, we don't even know what the gospel of the kingdom is. Put that up there quickly. Matthew 24, 14. Matthew 24, 14. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Now, cowardice, and this gospel of the kingdom. Which gospel are you preaching? Which gospel are you preaching? Salvation gospel? Hmm? Uh, prosperity gospel? Healthy, wealthy, and wise gospel? Which gospel? Well, the gospel of the kingdom encompasses all those, right? But we do compartmentalizing kingdom. Compartmentalizing it, right? Because can I tell you the truth? We don't have the faith to believe for the restoration of all things. We don't have the faith to believe that. Because if we did, we would already be doing it. We'd already be doing it. And I'm going to continue to be amazed that the American Christian Church hasn't already risen up and gone to Washington, D.C. and fallen on our face and prayed that abortion would end. We know right now that the Supreme Court justices are have apparently voted to end abortion, and the left, who, by the way, live out their faith, the left goes to Washington, D.C. to let those judges know, you better not do that. Where are the Christians? Are the Christians in Washington, D.C. on their face saying, please do it. Lord, please, Lord, mercy on us, Lord. Is the church doing that? No, no, church isn't doing that. Why? Because they're preaching a different kingdom, a different gospel. They're not talking about a gospel of the kingdom. huh? And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness. And then the end shall come. We ain't doing that, friends. Uh, You go into your average church. I'm sorry it's all over me. And we've done it on this show. You go into the average church and you ask them what the what the gospel is, they can't tell you. They, they can't tell you. They can't tell you. Purpose-driven life. I was digging deep on that crap today. Purpose-driven life. Huh? Purpose-driven life. Give me a freaking break. I get up every morning with purpose in my heart. I don't have to go look for it. I'm a soldier in the army of God. 
That's my purpose. What are you talking about? Go read a book. Do you know the Purpose Driven Life written by Rick Warren has sold, sold more copies than any book in the history of publication? Did you know that? The Purpose Driven Life. Purpose Driven. Huh? You know what your purpose is? Die to yourself. <laughs> That's the purpose. Huh? You got to die to yourself. Amen. If you die to yourself, you got a purpose. It isn't your purpose. I'm not in a bad mood, it just seems like it. It frustrates me to no end. It's it's like I used to, when I was coaching high school, I used to walk the halls and look at some of the bodies of some of the guys that weren't playing football. Oh, they were they were basketball heroes. They were six foot four, 215 pounds of strap and muscle, and they didn't play bat football because they thought they were gonna play basketball and what whatever, right? And I would, I would walk up and down. I said, dude, right there. I say this to my son-in-law. My son-in-law, Morgan's a big guy, 6'4". I said, Morgan, if you played football for me, you'd be in the NBA or NFL. You'd be in the NFL, man. And there's all these guys with these great big bodies, physically strong guys. They're playing basketball, sissy game. If you're, sorry, sorry. You're not even, hey, if you push against somebody in basketball, they call a foul. Right? Right? And so I'd walk up and down the hall and say, God, oh, my God, if he would just play. Oh, if he would just play football. And then they get to be 30 years old, and they didn't make it to the NBA. And then they look back and say, God, I wish I'd played football. Yeah, yeah. So like the kingdom thing, right? You're going to be standing, about to enter into the gates of heaven, and you're going to look back and say, Dad, on. I should have played football. I should have played Christianity. Oh, you were playing Christianity. You were playing that form of godliness Christianity, denying the power thereof. You played that game pretty well. You did. You played that 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 compromise and that that gospel compromise. Oh, you you were all star on that one. Yeah. Who are you to judge? Right. Love, love, love. Oh, you great that one. Yeah, you were. Your team sucked. You sure played it well. So, what is the kingdom? What's the kingdom? That's that's. I'm I'm calming down. That's my question today. I spoke last night, had a chance. I'll get you, Myra. I had a chance last night. I drove down to Cincinnati and spoke to um, a little small uh, Catholic school, their awards assembly last night. And uh, the Lord gave me three things that I said to him last night, and I'm going to say it to you this morning. Here's your obligation. As a, as a uh, member of Team Jesus, it's the same obligation you have uh, just about everywhere you go. And it's three, three phases. You ready? Make sure I get them right. Number one. <clears throat> That's why I share one. Number one, you got to show up. I'm just going to let that sink in a minute. I don't care what it is. I don't care what game it is. I don't care what job it is. I don't care whatever. The first thing you got to do, dude, you got to show up. <laughs> if you don't show up, it's all wasted talk and all wasted energy. Number one, you got to show up. And then number two, you got to stand up. You got to show up. And you got to stand up. That's what Jeff Klein does. Jeff Klein shows up and stands up. More and more of you are beginning to show up and stand up. Amen. And it becomes a model for others to follow. I'm going to show up. I'm going to stand up. Then you ready? Here comes the hard one. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to speak up. And... I couldn't give a hoot in hell who I offend. And if until we get that attitude, folks, we will not advance the kingdom of God. Until we understand that we are in a war, we are fighting a war, and we will not win the war if you don't show up and you don't stand up and you don't speak up. We ain't winning. And I'm not putting on my conservative hat and going. I'm going with the gospel. It's the most offensive thing that you see in the world, that thing right there. 
boys and girls. I don't know if you can see it. There's a crossroads right there. Do you see that? On the middle of my hat, every time they look at me, there's a moment of decision looking right back at them. And we're at a crossroads. We're at a crossroads. We're in the valley of decision. But whether or not we're going to advance the kingdom of God, because it says in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom, this, not this gospel of love, not this gospel of prosperity, this, not this gospel of tolerance, not this gospel of kindness, not this gospel of goodness, none of that, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. And I'm telling you right now, some of you are drawn here because you ain't hearing this anywhere else. And you know, for instance, that Dr. Paul Goslin has been sent to fight for the kingdom of God against the medical group, right? And there are some of you who are sent to contend against the religious crowd. And there are some of you who are sent to contend against the educational crowd. And there are some of you who are sent to, uh, to fight against the dietary crowd. But you are all positioned to advance the gospel of the kingdom of God. And what is the gospel of the kingdom of God? There is a king, and he is in charge. And I am one of his servants, and I am here to expand upon his gospel principles, his kingdom principles. He said, go make disciples of all the nations. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's my job. It says to contend, earnestly contend for the faith. Contend. Contend. Amen. And contending for it. Not. We want, we want, we, hey, we got a soft underbelly. Oh, Lord, that's hard. Send somebody. Lord, that's hard. Send Randy, Lord. Oh, that's hard. Oh, Lord, please, Lord, raise somebody up. Oh, send Roger. Would you do that? Oh, Lord, please send Clay. No. Next man up, that's me. I'm going to go. I'm going to show up. I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to speak up. And for some of you, it starts right in your local church. Because that guy... Who you're calling your pastor, he ain't king. He ain't king of the church. This is not a monarchy. Monarchy. This is not one man runs the whole thing. That ain't it, man. That ain't, that ain't work. How's that working for us? That gave us a purpose-driven life. And all the purpose-driven life did was drive people to meaningless stuff about how to get more joy out of the life that they supposedly laid down. Myra, say a nice prayer. Call me down here. Let's let's move forward here. I'll be delighted to do that, Coach. Uh, good morning, Huddle. Uh, we're reading Joshua 1, 9 through 14. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? How can he command us? He must be a, com- he must be a commander in chief, right? He must be in charge. Because you can't give somebody a commandment if you don't have the authority to give them a commandment. So he has the authority to give him a commandment. And what's he command him to do again, Myra? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you sit? Huh? Is he with you whenever you pray? <laughs> is he with you whenever you feed the poor? Is he, is he, when is he with you? Well, he's with you wherever you go. And if there's a mess someplace... Might be a good idea to take him with you. Might be a good idea for you to show up because he's he's right there with you. Might be a good idea. And uh, when you take him, hang on, Myra, when you take him to your local school board meeting to fight against homosexuality, you might want to remind yourself he's with you. (laughs) In fact, you took him. He, he, He couldn't go if you didn't go. You went, he's with you. And you think he's sitting there in that school board meeting and he wants to hear that malarkey about transgenderism and homosexuality or children? You think so? Critical race theory? Hey, if you go, he's with you. And by the way, the Bible said he's with you to deliver you. Go on, Myra. I'm sorry. No, 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 no I'm not. That was no, a lie. No. I'm not then, sorry. 
<laughs> then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare mm. provisions for yourself for within three days, you will cross over the Jordan to go it to possess mm. the land, which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. That's what I want to do. I want to cross over and possess the land that the Lord thy God has given to you. Oh, Myra, I got to stop a minute. I could take you back two and a half years <laughs> when I struggled about whether or not to take on sky high. I knew the Lord had given it to me. It was mine for the taking. But I had to go take it, didn't I? There's a real struggle with that. There's a real struggle. The enemy didn't want me to have that. Ooh, I heard it. Ooh. Holy Spirit just said this to me. Ooh, thank you, Lord. If I want you to have it, the enemy will fight it. So the Holy Spirit just said it. If, if I want you to have it, the enemy will fight it. And I, I, had, a, I had a fight, right? But everywhere you put your foot, he's giving us a hair. Go ahead. Go on. Go on, Myra. So, sure. No, I will be delighted. Um, and the Rebanites and the Galilites and half of the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord, oh my God. your God, is giving you rest and is giving you <clears throat> this land. Your mm. wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before the Breton arm all your mighty men of valor and help them. Holy Spirit. Pray us in, Myra. Pray us in, Myra. I sure will. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach that um, huddle and open our hearts to you. Mm. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> See, here's what's happened to us. God, it's been a half hour already. I'm going to open it up and I'm going to, I want to, I want to explain this to you. Real quickly. And then we'll go open for him. I got so much I want to give you. See, the only way that the devil wins, the only way that the devil <clears throat> is going to be successful, and he has been successful, is uh, the devil's a liar. He's a father of lies. There isn't, the devil is incapable of telling the truth. If he tells you the truth, it's become a lie. He, there's no truth in him, the Bible says, right? So the only way the devil could overthrow Christianity, which he's working uh, 24 hours a day trying to do, is he had to change it. He had to change Christianity. And what did he change it to? I jotted a couple things down this morning. He had to redefine it. He had to redefine the gospel. He had to redefine the gospel so much that the average Christian watching to Coach Dave live this morning can't even define it. Can't even define the gospel anymore. And why can't we define the gospel? Because we don't have a clearly delineated idea of what the kingdom of God is all about. We don't understand it. And when I was a football coach, Anybody could play on the football team. Anybody wants to come can. You can all come. But listen, once you get on the team, hey, dude, you're going to cut your hair. You ain't going to have a beard. You're going to come to every practice, and you're going to follow every one of our rules. You're going to behave in school, and you can keep your grades up. Everybody can be on the team. But see, today's gospel is everybody can be on the team. No rules to follow. Wear your hair however you want to, put tattoos all over your body, do whatever you want to go around, look at pornography, do whatever you want to do, go ahead and do. Uh, Jesus loves you. See, they have morphed, they have polluted, they have changed the gospel of the kingdom. They've redefined it. So now the gospel of the kingdom of God isn't about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's not what it's about. It's not about the gospel of the kingdom. Today is not about repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways, receive Christ, be rescued from hell. No, the gospel today is 
Come to Jesus, and he will make you healthy, wealthy, wise, and happy. They've morphed it on us. They've morphed it. And so you go into a church, and it's a concert. It's a concert. There's people up in front dressed with skinny jeans with holes in them and poofed hair, dancing around in smoke machines and light. Because why? God has to entertain you to get you in. He wants you to come in, so we have to have a better entertainment system than the other guy. Or you might go to that restaurant. They, they cook their food different over there. And no longer has it become about transformation and conquest of a kingdom. It's not about that anymore. It's about making you healthy, wealthy, happy, and wise. That's how the devil's done it. That's how the... I, uh, I spoke last night to that, that group uh, in that room last night, and I'm not being critical of them. It's just how the Holy Spirit's. I, I saw the impact of religion, religion, having a form of godliness but denying their power thereof. I could have taken the people in that room last night and closed down transgender education local schools, just with that group right there. Folks, I could have done it. I'm telling you, I could have done it. But what? We're not taught to do that. We're taught to go along. Love. We're not at war. It's the Christian, how would I say it? Hippified Christianity. Make love, not war. God said it was war. (laughs) Jesus declared war. Seed of the serpent, enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Hang on, I'll I'll shut up here in a minute. No, I won't. And so what did they do? They silenced the voices of tradition. They silenced the voices of tradition. They polluted the, the high holy days of the kingdom. They gave us Christmas and Easter, Valentine's Day. And all this meaningless stuff. And understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And most people don't fear God. They love God. Somebody can say amen. You don't have to. So they changed on us. Mm. And for a generation, through the purpose-driven life, 40 million, something incredible number of books Rick Warren wrote. And Joel Osteen, your best life now, yada, yada, yada. They changed the gospel on us. And now we're trying to get people, rather than to try to get people to turn from their wicked ways and honor the king and follow in the kingdom, we're teaching them a gospel where God can't wait to rub them on the back and provide them a nice car and tell them how wonderful they are. We have flip-flopped the entire gospel. This entire gospel has become what they call the social gospel. The social gospel. What's the social gospel? Taking care of people. Who doesn't want to take care of people? Feed people. I'm not making fun of anybody feeding the people. I'm not, I'm not making. But for every one person at an abortion clinic, There are 5,000 feeding the poor. Why? Because it's easier to feed the poor. It's easier to do that. You feel good. Go to the abortion clinic, you don't feel good. I rarely feel good when I leave the murder mill. Right? It's a war. It's a war. So they've taken the warrior attitude out of Christianity. I'm about done. One more thing. One more thing. Put my... Dollar fifty glasses of, and they have preached the gospel today is is social justice over personal transformation. Do good things, say good things, show love, express kindness. All of that's good. All of that's good. But we don't hear much about personal transformation. Loving not your own life, even to death. That's not much of a requirement in much in Christianity today. That's why we've ended up where we are. That's why the devil is laughing at us. His minions are in positions of authority and they laugh at us. 
we so overwhelm them just with the numbers. We don't have any, we don't have any pastors leading the fight. I got a call from Rick Scarborough yesterday. I say, who's that? Well, meant a lot to me. He's an old warrior from way back. I know Rick. He says, Coach, we've got to reconnect. We've got to raise up the pastors. We've got to raise them up. I said, I know. How do we do it? Hang on. They redefined Christianity. They, redef- they redefined right and wrong. See, homosexuality is no longer wrong. Speaking against it is wrong. See what they've done? Hmm? Shacking up with your girlfriend isn't wrong. Christians pointing out that you shouldn't be shacking up with your girlfriend, that's wrong. They flipped the whole script on us. The whole script. Righteousness, holiness, not even part of the modern American God. You know I'm telling you the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth. So that's where our battle is. See, we we have we have lost the war through spiritual treason. Our own side has sold us out. It's going on in the military, the real military. It's going on right now. Transformation of what this army used to be about. The American soldiers, the American army, what it used to be about to what it's about now. What's it about now? Everybody having an equal opportunity to come in here and then you get the GI Bill and women get to do this and women get to do that and it's woke. It's a woke military, totally and completely foreign to what the military was designed to do. Rush Limbaugh used to say that the purpose of the military was to uh, blow up things, break things. That's what the military did. military went in and forced our will upon others. I could go on. That's a long, that's a long monologue right there. I got it out of me, though. Come on in, Jack. Yeah, Coach, incrementalism. We went from, in less than, less than 50 years, we went from onward Christian soldiers to purpose-driven life to Chrislam and critical race theory. That's right. Less than 50 Jesus, years. Jesus loves everybody, Jack. Hey, folks. Hey, folks, listen. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a lie. I'm pausing for effect. That's a lie. Jesus does not love everybody. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Esau, Esau I've, uh, Jacob I've loved, and Esau I've hated. God hates all workers of iniquity. Now, God's love is available to everybody. But this false lie that we tell people every day that Jesus loves them, folks, that isn't true. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, there is a condition, believeth in him, there's another condition, shall not perish but have everlasting life. So evidently some perish and some have everlasting life. And God gave that option to each and every one of us. And in fact, the Bible tells us this, that in that day, many are going to come to him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out devils and didn't we lay hand on the sick and didn't we feed the poor? Didn't we do all these wonderful things, Lord? And the Bible says he's going to look you right now and he's going to say, Bob, pardon me. Who are you? I don't remember ever, I don't ever remember meeting you. So we're, we're supposed to believe that he loves somebody he never met? Well, I guess I'm that way. I have a general love for everybody till they give me a reason not to, right? So God knows everybody and his love's available to everybody. But this lie that we're all God's children and Jesus loves everybody, folks, wake up. They're enemies of the cross. Seed of the serpent, seed of the woman. Enmity, enmity between his seed and her seed. We're in a war. And we don't even understand there's a there's an enemy. It's making some of you nervous, right? Because why? Because that six-foot icicle you've been sitting under read the purpose-driven life. And he changed the gospel. Oh, that's in Jude. You want me to pull out Jude and read that? Huh? Yeah, they they poisoned the whole gospel. We're not even getting the gospel anymore. Come on in, Jeff. Pull up Jude. Pull up Jude. Spencer, pull it up. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, this Saturday, we're going to change up our strategy a little bit. This will be the fourth Saturday on the square with all the 
abortion pictures with the war wagon. And I've got the ice cream truck all polished up. So we're going to park it up on the square also. And then that'll give some of these people a chance. If they don't want to stand there and hold them signs that we got, jump in that truck. And it'll be parked right in front of all the Democrats with their protest signs. So we'll be giving out the ice cream and having the abortion pictures out. So we'll see how that works this Saturday. Get a few new ones. A little, little, little bit of sugar, a little bit of sugar with the salt, right? A little sugar with the salt. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should fight for the faith, that you should earnestly fight for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men, Rick Warren being one of them, and Joel Osteen being another one, and maybe your pastor being another one, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. If it feels good, do it, and denying the only Lord God and Lord Jesus Christ. And I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterwards, Destroyed them that believed God. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and the angels, which kept not their first estate, huh? Oh, the Nephilim. But left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. <laughs> Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about him in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. What? Yeah, God rained down fire and brimstone on those people that supposedly the American gospel is telling you he loved. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers. They defile the flesh. They despise dominion. In other words, we will not have this Jesus rule over us. And they speak evil of dignities. I imagine dignity means honorable people. That's what I would think. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee, Satan. But these speak of evil things, which they know not. What they know naturally, what you know naturally, what you know naturally, men don't have sex with men. What you know naturally, as brute beasts, even the animals get that. And those things, they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them. Huh? Oh, yeah. Woe unto them, for they've gone the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, thinking they weren't going to get a reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Oh, yeah, these are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds that are without water, churches carried about with winds, trees without fruit, without fruit, Doubly dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Oh, God loves everybody, all right. And Enoch, after the seventh of Abraham, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. What for? To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them all of their ungodly behavior, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And these are murmurers and complainers talking about folks in the church walking after their own lusts and their own mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. They are honoring that Big donor, they're not going to say anything because his kid's a homo. But beloved, remember the, the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves. Sensual men, physical men. The feels good, do it men. And they don't have the spirit. But you, beloved, you build yourself up in the most holy faith. 
praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, not the love of man, the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ under eternal life. And don't some have compassion? Feed some of them, make a difference. And others, you better save them by fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the clothes that they're wearing. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. Jesus Christ is King of Kings right now. Right now. Emma, come on in. Well, Coach, I just want to tell you that um, I'm a newbie, I know. uh, But when I go to that abortion mill on Fridays... Um, wow, we were more abused Friday than I had ever experienced before. Mm. It, 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 it just kind of wore me down. I had to come home and take a nap. <laughs> I'm so weak. I'm just a newbie. But you know what it is, Emma? The devil's throwing everything but the kitchen sink because he knows abortion is about the end. Now, abortion will end if God's people stand up and demand it. If we just play tiddlywinks, who knows? So, Emma... Man, they're throwing everything at you right now, dear. Oh, yeah. Amen. Clay. What you presented to us today, Coach, it made me think about Peter and uh, denying Jesus. And when he denied Jesus, he was watching Jesus play the game. He was sitting on the sidelines watching Jesus, and he wasn't ready to get in the game. And Jesus called him out. He said, you're just going to sit there? You're going to let me be in this game all by myself, brother? Well, he for, he forewarned him, actually, Clay. He forewarned Peter. <laughs> yeah, Satan, Satan has desired he might have you. He's going to sift you like wheat, dude. And just a warning to everybody, if you ever decide that you're going to get in this game, if you're not in it yet and you decide you're going to get in this game, Satan's going to come against you with everything he's got. You better be ready to commit. Because, Coach, when you sent me that certificate of ordination, the devil has done nothing but try to tear me down and make me run for my life. And you got to be ready to stand in there and say, I'm playing this game no matter what. You're going to have right. to do it first. Amen. Amen. Are you, are you all in, baby? Are you, are you all in? Or are you all out? Are you, are you, got, you, got, you, you got your foot in both kingdoms? Good luck with that one. No man can serve two masters, the Bible teaches us. Yep. They're going to hate you, man. Hey, folks. Jesus said that. Jesus said, he didn't say they're going to love you. He didn't say you're going to be the most popular people at the school board meeting. He didn't say you're going to walk into the city council meeting and they're going to applaud when you come in there. He said, dude, they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you so much. That's not the God, folks, that's not the gospel we're hearing, is it? Now, look, look, I understand balance. I understand. But I know this, I'm supposed to hate evil. I'm supposed to hate it. Uh, I'm never supposed to love it. I'm never supposed to love evil, ever. In fact, I'm to have nothing to do with it, with the unfruitful works of darkness, including paying my tax dollars to the school to teach kids how to have sodomy. Uh -uh. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm ready to go to jail over that one. I'm just telling you. I'm ready to go to jail over that. Morning, Dale. Can't hear you yet, Dale. Myra, while we're waiting on Dale. Coach, um, Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose yourselves this day whom you will serve. Hallelujah. I'm pro-choice. God's pro-choice. He said, I set before you this day life and death. Then he gave you the answer. Choose life. So I'm setting both of you. You can pick whichever you want to. But he said, I'd suggest you choose life. Why? So you and your children might live. And if America goes down the tubes, it isn't because of the book of Revelation and what's written in Daniel. It's because we refuse to have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. We refuse to expand the kingdom of God. We refuse to go into all the world and teach them to observe all that was commanded us. Amen. We, we dropped the ball. He didn't, he didn't drop the ball. We refused to do it. Dale, you there? Your hand's still up. Jeff. 
Coach, I forgot one thing. You're talking about how they hate you in different areas you go and speak. I forgot Monday on Memorial Day, we'll be down at Danville. Danville has their Memorial Day parade. They have five, six, seven hundred people in the streets of Danville, a little town of Danville. And they let us sit that ice cream truck up last year right by the memorial wall and everything where they do their little speech at the end. All the parade comes down, flows into that park right there by the football field. So we parked the truck right behind it. And I tell the leaders of it, I said, listen, when you get done with your ceremony, announce to all the crowd the ice cream trucks back here. So then all the kids come flooding back, and we give out like 135 pieces of ice cream last year. So Tom, Tom and Janelle and us were taking that truck back down there again. And then you get some of the people to really love you. It's like so it's a double whammy. One, one meeting they hate you, and the next meeting they love you. Listen, let me tell you something. <clears throat> people are fickle. People are fickle. And they will love you in a safe environment. But they will never defend you in a hostile one. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. They love you in a safe environment. They'll never defend you in a hostile one. That's where we find ourselves. Amen. Come on, Rod. They'll love you in the parking lot after the discussion of the committee meeting. Yep, yep. Or when the elder board gets together and... Yep. They'll love you in the parking lot. They'll love you and agree with you at breakfast at Aladdin's in Granville. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to be in front of others, they will not. They will not. They they fade will. quickly. <laughs> it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. See, there's a reason why some guys make it in the NBA and some guys make it in the NFL. A lot of it has to do with the physical body and the physical skills. Do you have any idea how many college football players are good enough to play in the NFL? Any idea? We're just right there on that edge. Good enough to make it. But they don't make it because they'd rather do other stuff. Saw today Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State quarterback, got hit by the truck and killed, and everybody felt so bad about it. He was drunk. He was drunk. Nothing against being drunk. I'm Eric Gary. You can be drunk if you want. So think about that, what that just did to his reputation. I don't know if you look at it. Look at the autopsy report. 0.24. That's pretty drunk, isn't it, Jeff? 0.24. And what are people going to remember about uh, Dwayne Haskins? Got hit by a truck while he's drunk. Hmm. I don't want to be remembered like that. Joe Allen, come on in. Coach. Just like uh, the word love, excuse me, you know, I think another word needs to be thrown in the mix with love is trust. Trust my fellow man or trust in trust. You know, I I know a famous Christian. He said he only can trust five men. Yeah. And I was told that, and, and I, I really thought about that, you know. Where is our trust? It's just like you know, the word, everybody throws out the word love. What about trust? You know, Joe, I, I just, as you're talking about that, I think about the most precious thing in my whole life, and that's a little woman up, up there at the top of my multimillion-dollar studio. I want her love. She wants my love. But more than anything, she probably wants my trust. I trust her implicitly. Can I tell you something? Can you all, can we get, get, get honest here? <clears throat> Most of us trust our spouse more than we trust the Lord. Say that, I'm going to say that again. Most of us have more faith in the love and faithfulness of our spouse than we do in the love and the faithfulness of our Lord. Because if we had that same fealty, that same love and same trust in the Lord, we wouldn't be sitting around on our butts sucking on our thumbs. Come on in, Mark. Amen. 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 Joseph, you're dead on. Now I'm going to share something with you all about defense. Whatever you set up a perimeter, you set it up for what's called zero trust. And zero trust means zero access, 
nothing's allowed to communicate across that perimeter. And I've never thought about that in the terms of Jesus. We trust Jesus. Everyone else, even family, is zero trust. Access Amen. control and segmentation. So what we do with businesses is we cut off all their connections and we have established a zero trust perimeter. And then we start to add people back. Who's allowed? We vet them. And that's zero trust. It's called in in the spiritual, that's discernment. Maybe I need to draw a picture out of a zero trust paradigm for how we enable access and segmentation for our walk with the Lord. Zero zero trust code. Great great point, uh, Joseph. Great point. It is a great point. It is a great point. Because I think the greatest compliment... Holy Spirit speaking to me even right now. I think the greatest compliment that people can give you is not that you were lovable or that they could love you, but that they could trust you. Amen. Amen. Well, huh? Well, how do you ever win back trust? How do you ever win it back? That's the hard thing about when husbands and wives, one of them has an affair. The hardest thing to ever win back is the trust. They forgive. But how do you ever win back the trust? And see, that's what's happened to the, to, to the American church. We're not trustworthy. We're not, we have no fidelity. No fidelity to our king. No fidelity to what we claim we believe. We remain silent in the face of opposition. We not only don't have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but we do what it says in Romans one twenty eight. We give hearty approval to those who can send the best. We go to their movies. We buy their, we buy their music. We wear their hats. <clears throat> Lord must be sick with us, huh? Hey, now listen. It's good news. It's good news. Let the let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Good word there, Jack McCarthy. I was thinking about you this morning because I almost did a show today on on phony money, phony currency. If the currency is untrustworthy, the people lose confidence. What was it they said? As uh, uh, you can't read my mind, so you know what I'm saying. Continentals, phony is a continental. Remember that? Phony is a continental. When the American government during the Revolutionary War, printed phony money to the point where it wasn't any good. You lose trust in that. You lose trust in everything. Look what's going on around us, right? What time to be alive. Hey, I didn't want to beat up on all of you today, but until we get this thing right, until we understand what the gospel of the kingdom of God is all about, until we understand our job is to expand the kingdom of God, to expand the gospel, to go into all the world. That's a great commission, isn't it? Go into all the world, teach them to observe all I've commanded you. Go do it, go do it, and teach it. No, not go and accept their un- ungodly ways. No, don't do that. Don't go be part of it. Don't go spend money with them as they promote evil. Don't do that. Don't fund their evil. No, no, go expose it and have nothing to do with it. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's the one we're not hearing. Paul, quickly. All right, Coach, I was just, I was waiting for the after show, but it doesn't really matter. I was in a meeting yesterday with the uh, Health Freedom Group in Maine, and uh, everybody, everybody has their little panacea, right? And I never once hear anybody say, Jesus Christ, or nope. any of this nope. stuff. And I'm sitting there, and it's two very, very Christian women sitting there, and they're buying everything. And I'm just... I'm calling them out. I'm saying, where where is Jesus in all this? This prideful, I got the solution for this. I got the solution. Jesus said, heal thyself. Okay? And I, it's just like, I just wanted to cringe. I'm trying to work with it. But. Uh, yep. There's no salvation. There is no name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. That's what the scripture says, folks. Not Republican, not Democrat, not conservative, not liberal, not Trump. No name. There's no name. No other name. And we're trying to 
give victories with other names. And it ain't working for us very good. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.